What's going on? It's Kilo, and we are back for another episode of the regular podcast on the regular network. It's real. All right, what's going on, man? We back for the last episode of 2022. Man, it's been a long year. Long, I mean, it's kind of fast, but it feels like it's been a long year. A lot of things happened this year for me and for everybody, really. I feel like. Um, but of course, with it being the final episode of the year, I want to run through the top albums of this year. I also want to do, which I haven't done before, my favorite songs that came out this year. Just the songs that I play the most, that I love, that that dropped this year, that I just felt were undeniable for me. Like, I feel like people get there, they get they they get too uptight about people's list of their albums, favorite albums, favorite um, songs of whatever year because they think that everybody's list is supposed to match up to theirs. And I'm like, why do you care? Or not that you don't, not that you shouldn't care, but why are you arguing about somebody else's list? I'm just confused about it. I can see if somebody said something that there was to argue about, you know, like this is the greatest album of all time. Then, okay, we can argue. But if I'm saying these are my favorite albums, that's it. Before we get into that, though, make sure you like the video, make sure you share it, make sure you comment what you think in the, in the comment section below, make sure you subscribe to the channel, make sure you hit the notification bell next to the subscription button, all right? Uh, before I even get into the music, though, I did want to say salute to everybody who's been dealing with the pipes busting this, this winter season. You know, that's a tough thing to have to deal with when it's extremely cold. And, and and people's heat going out right now, you know, plumbing issues, HVAC issues, electrical issues, when it's this type of cold weather in, in, in the wintertime is a problem. So I want to I wanna say salute y'all. I'm sending positive energy y'all way. I want to say be on the lookout for these scamming trades people, man. You got scamming electricians out here, scamming plumbers out here, and scamming HVAC people. Of course, it's not everybody. But... We do need to beware that sometimes these these people are professional, but they are coming out to your place and they have their own agenda. Their agenda is not, if they just fixed all of everybody's problems immediately, the amount of money that they can make uh, minimizes, dec it decreases fast, okay? So if they just came out and said, oh yeah, the problem is right here and they fixed it in five minutes, how can they really make money like that? Even though most of the time they know what the issue is immediately, right? So I want y'all to be aware that, um, you know, to send positive energy to people living in apartments where maintenance might be off or they're not answering the phone for prolonged periods of time or the management people might be on vacation or whatever's going on to where I know in Atlanta specifically, there has been many apartments across the city and around Metro Atlanta flooding crazy and they haven't been able to get in touch with anybody because last weekend was Christmas, you know, Christmas weekend. So stuff was shut down as far as professional offices and things. So, man, that's a cold, it's a cold game, man. That's a cold game. I suggest everybody try to get in your DIY bag. Sometimes you might have to fix one of these issues by yourself if you can't get in touch with anybody else. You do, last thing you want, last thing you want is for a leak to be going long-term in your house just because you couldn't get in touch with a maintenance person. You know what I mean? So, you know, you can check out the videos that I have on the regular network channel on YouTube, or you can find many, many great videos out there. But Man, you can't, it's, it's 2022, it's too much information out here. You cannot sit around like a damsel in distress. Some stuff you have to do 
when you can't get in contact with a professional. Okay, let's get right into these albums, man. Listen, like I said again, these are just my favorite favorite projects of this year. And I'm going to start with number 10. A lot of music came out, and I'm just, most of it, it wasn't for me. Okay, I'm not going to say trash, not going to say mid, not going to say whatever. I'm just going to say it wasn't for me, so most of it I'm not even going to mention. Actually, let me give you my honorable mentions first before I do anything. I know some a lot of people had this as the top album of the year. Not for me, wasn't for me, um, not enough on there for my particular taste, but there were some great songs on here. Future's album. Future's album is in my honorable mentions. Dang, let me, um, my bad, y'all. I, I didn't even have the name of this, this album. That's how little I listened to that album this year. Um, the album is called I Never Liked You, of course. That was, a, that was a big deal when it came out. But I Never Liked You. I don't know which one of his exes he was dissing, but he, he definitely made a statement with some of these songs. I love them. Um, I Never Liked You came out. It was a good album, but it wasn't anything that I kept going back to. So it's an honorable mention, but it's still a good album, right? ESTG's album, right? It almost made my list. It was a toss-up. Uh, you'll, you'll see what I, what I was um, going back and forth between. But the ESTG album is called I Never Felt None. That, that was very close to making my list, but it just didn't beat out the 10 I had on here. That's an honorable mention for me. Another honorable mention for me would be Key Glock's album. Oh, uh, man, what am I doing here? Key Glock's album was called Yellow Tape 2. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Pre-5L, uh, Paper Route, Empire, 5 Life. So P-R-E, 5 Life, it's an EP, actually. Um, I thought it was hard. It was, just, it was just real short, right? So let me get right into my list. Number 10, I have Ari Lennox, Age, Sex, Location, all right? Uh, my favorite song, I'm, I'm going to just give you all my favorite songs of all these albums. Favorite song on there was Pressure, which happened to be the single off of there, hit, hit R&B single this year that was produced by J.D., Jermaine Dupri. I think Brian Michael Cox helped with that. Also, it, that, was my, that, was my fav, that was my number 10 album this year because I just felt like it was better than a lot of other albums, of course, is why it's on the list. But it wasn't good enough to be higher on the list because... It did sound like a collection of songs that didn't make it on the Shea Butter Baby album. And not to say I want her to switch her sound up, she doesn't have to, but it does sound like a bunch of the same songs tweaked a little bit that just didn't make it. So to me, they don't sound new. They don't sound fresh. Pressure was the only one that sounded different. Sounded like she was in a different mode when she made it. Uh, the rest of it pretty much does sound like, you know, sounds old to me. But since her music is good and has been good, even when her music sounds old, it still sounds good. That's why it's on my list, because I like that type of music. That, that style of R&B, her soulful, jazzy, is really, really jazzy. That's that, that's that DMV swing type of thing that, that they do down in their very poetic type of thing that they have. Moving right along, my number nine album is Last Ones Left rap album, ESTG and 42 Doug, 42 Doug. I just felt like that album to me, I, I, I didn't pay attention to a whole lot of what everybody else was saying about it, but when it came out, that album had me in a chokehold. I was listening to it nonstop. Um, my favorite song on there, Everybody Shooters 2, you know. I just felt like them two together, 
they really they really went hard on that project. You know, the 4PF CMG mashup that that 42 Doug is a part of, and then ESTG with with CMG also. Like they just got great chemistry together. Plus, I'm sure, like a lot of cities in the Midwest, I'm sure Louisville, where ESTG is from, I'm sure they have a lot of Detroit people coming back and forth there for doing doing a lot of different things. So I know that they connected on the street level as well. Not to say they did anything in the streets. I'm saying they connected and and built chemistry based on shared experiences. So when you listen to the project, it sounds like they could really be a group, like. That 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 they mesh well together and they made great songs. I love that project. Uh, the only, I mean, I guess critiques would be they don't have any hits on the on the um, project. No, when I say hits, I mean commercially successful. They don't have any of those on there. They have songs I like personally, but they don't transcend their bubble for real. So you know, you kind of got to knock a few points down when 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 somebody doesn't really do anything that. That stands them out more where they can have some more commercial success. Moving right along, number eight, which I feel is the sleeper album. <clears throat> I feel like number eight on my list is the sleeper album of the year. I didn't hear anybody talking about it, but I'm for sure. Rich Homie Kwan, Family and Moolah, Reloaded. I feel like the Reloaded one is better than just the Family and Moolah because the Reloaded is longer. There's more songs on there. Same music, but just longer. Uh, Rich Homie Kwan really was in his bag, first of all. But if anybody who's been paying attention, his music never dropped off. His popularity fell off over these years since him and Thug haven't been as close anymore, him and Young Thug. But his music has never took a hit. It never fell off. It's, it's always been solid. Solid to good at worst. It was never bad at all. Especially with the climate that, mu that rap music is in right now, pretty much all of these, a lot of these younger dudes sound very similar to him and his style. So... He will not be out of style for a while. Anyway, his music is still good. To me, this is a very good project. Hit my favorite song on this album is called Crazy, spelled with a K, right? And I just feel like that that song is so hard. I listen like that's one of those songs I play like nonstop type of thing, where I just put it on repeat and just keep on playing it. Rich Homie Kwan definitely still. I, I want people to pay attention though. Rich Homie Kwan. Gunna is very similar to Rich Homie Quan. I know a lot of people have said this, but Gunna is very similar to Rich Homie Quan. I think that's why Gunna and Young Thug mess so well to our ears as fans and stuff, because we already been primed to that merging of sounds. We already heard it before with when Young Thug and Rich Homie Quan was making music together. So then when they fell out a little bit and then Thug just stepped in and pulled Gunna up with him, the art, the sound was already familiar to our ears. It just, it was just a new person doing it. So I think that Gunner's career is greatly helped by the fact that Rich Homie Quan came first. Okay, but that's neither here nor there. Number seven on my list is Pusha T. It's almost dry. I just feel like, man. First of all, Pusha T is still making good music. It wasn't a super long project, but I, I loved what he did with it. I'm, I'm more into Pusha T's content than anything. And then my favorite song on there is a song where I kind of hate the beat. I don't really like the beat at all. And it's Diet Coke. I don't like with the whole yesterday's price is not today's price. And they just keep on looping that same crack, the Joey crack thing over and over again. Uh, I, I, I feel like it's noisy and in the way, but I just love what he's saying. And then it's catchy to me. So I just, it's just stuck in my head. I love that song. 
But the project overall, you know, some of my, and I have somebody else from Virginia on my list also, and as well, and I'm going to say the same thing. I just have, because y'all know I lived in Virginia from when I was 18 to, I, I turned 19 there, so 18 to 22, I lived there. And, uh, well, I guess longer than that because, you know what I'm saying, you got, you got two different lives out there. But I spent a lot of time in Virginia, so I got a connection to Virginia. So when you, when you especially the seven cities, right? So when Pusha T opened the album with a song called Brambleton, which is a street out there in, in Norfolk, it's like, it's, it's, it's going, it hit home for anybody who was in around that area. And not to say everybody up there likes it, but the stuff he's talking about in the album is very for people that's, that know Virginia, the seven cities, Virginia Beach and Norfolk very well. Um, and that, to me, I love it, right? Number six album on the list. Now, to me, on, on Pusha T's album, it would be higher if there was better production on the album. And I know people are like, what? Better production? Pharrell and Kanye did a lot of that. I don't care. They did a lot of experimenting. There was a lot of them experimenting on Pusha T's album, so I don't care, right? The production was was not up to par for what I think. Joey Badass 2000 is number six on my list. Very good rapping, very smooth music that you can listen to pretty much in any setting that I would be in anyway, right? I could drive to it, ride to it. I have done that. And it came out like in the summertime, I think. I was listening to it in the summer. I didn't feel like, oh, I need some party music. That music was sufficient for what I was doing in the summer, which, I mean, I'm not a partier, but uh, my favorite song on there is Cruise Control. Like, I love the vibe of that song. Um, Joey Badass is really is really in his grown man vibe, first of all. Secondly, music is no longer his number one thing because he's in acting and he's doing very well as an actor. So now he can make the music not to be a, a, a big music star or make a smash hit or anything like that. He can just make whatever music he wants that feels good. That's why this album, to me, feels good. It kind of does make me feel old when you got somebody on the album talking about you wasn't around in the 2000s. I'm like, dang, people talking about the 2000s now is like, if you wasn't outside in the 2000s, like, geez, I must be old. And I am, I guess I am kind of getting old. It's crazy. But whatever though, Joey Badass, Young Boy, you know, good for him. He's back. It's been years since his last project, but he's back now. Number five is another sleeper joint. Sleeper. Drum. I know some of y'all gonna be like, what? This thing's crazy. Drum is Drum's album is called What Happened What Had Happened Was, right? And I just think it's a it's a for the type of music I like, I like Raspy in my singing. I love Raspy. I love soulful, I love slow, down tempo, low tempo, like I love that type of thing. And drum makes it perfectly, right? So that, you know, that's gonna rank high for me. My favorite song on there is Three's Company. If you if you go listen to the song, it's like he you would never call him like a good vocalist or anything. But it doesn't matter. It sounds amazing what he's doing with his voice. You like if you listen to that song, I bet you you're singing the song with him by the time you finish it, even on your first listen. I guarantee it. Drama's fire. That's one of the that's one of the my favorite albums this year. And also Drama's from Virginia. So that's another like he's from the 757. I even got an old I was at an event back in 20 
11, I think. And I was going back through my old videos at this event, and we was um, at an album release party for this other rapper from Virginia, and Drum is in the video supporting the dude. He's in the video that I'm taking supporting this guy. So he's really a grassroots dude that came up getting support and supporting other Virginia artists. So I support Drum. I've been supporting him. You know he's fired to me. Even though, you know, he exposed to the world that Drake's bodyguards beat him up, I don't know, a couple years ago, I guess, you know. But I can't, you know, he's, he, he tried to approach Drake about a song and they had to show him how they cha-cha slide. That's fine. Number four on my list is Chris Brown, Breezy. I feel, I don't think it was slept on at all. I think it it was, uh, I think it was a good album though, man. I don't know if, if a lot of people like it, but it doesn't really matter to me. There's a lot of good music on there. Chris Brown has not missed a step when it comes to making songs and making music. I did think it was weird that he put that song Iffy out. Iffy is, I think, the last song on the project, and he didn't get a Tiger feature. Tiger fit with that. I don't know if maybe they didn't want the song to sound too much like Loyal or what, but the content is damn near identical. But Iffy definitely should have had Tiger on it, and that would have been a single, I think. Anyway, my favorite song on there is also a single, which is Warm Embrace. That's played all over the radio. Warm Embrace is just a, it's a good song. You know, it's flipping familiar songs to us. You know, of course, it's Keith Sweat, Teddy Riley stuff up in there. You know, Warm Embrace is just a good song. You know, that's one of them songs when it's on the radio. I'm riding home from picking my kids up from daycare. They singing it with me. You know, while I'm singing, I'm singing a lead vocal, of course. But they ain't doing the backgrounds for me. You understand? Like, Warm Embrace is really our joint. That's, that's one of them ones. Like, so... Uh, Chris Brown, salute to you. You're in my top five at number four. Number three is an album that just recently came out, actually, and it is SZA's SOS album. Now, to me, uh, SZA's op, SZA hasn't been out, if you don't count Control Deluxe or whatever that was she put out, she hasn't been out since 2017. So five, she was five and a half years off, and people have been asking and asking, and she actually delivered. And it's crazy because that... The more time you put between projects, the harder, the more the pressure builds. Because then, you know, you set yourself up to really let people down. But she didn't. I think that the reviews were very, though, the, the reviews were very hit and miss, lopsided. There, were, there was a lot of people who absolutely loved it. Then there was a lot of people saying, what is SZA talking about? All this time has passed and you still on this type of content. Why have you not grown at all as a woman? Why haven't you grown in your content at all? Me personally, I'm not going to say why haven't you grown. Maybe she has grown and maybe the relationship, she, the stuff she's talking about now has happened since that last project. If somebody goes through a bad situation since their last bad situation, they're going to talk about it again. Hence, still over it from Summer Walker versus over it from Summer Walker. Both of them had a similar content. She was going through the same thing just at different times. So anyway, my favorite song on SOS is Love Language. I love those type of slow ballads, you know, where they're talking about, you know, pretty much like help me help you love me type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I love that type of music. I really like, breakup songs are really my favorite though. You know what I'm saying? But Love Language is, is top tier for me. I think she did an amazing job. I know she's a writer. I do want to know like, on if y'all listen to the first song on the project, the intro, She's for sure dissing somebody. Now, I, I I like to think that when somebody, especially an R&B artist, writes a song like her intro, 
where she's saying like, y'all try to replace me with mini me's and it's not working. Look at you. You're doing bad without me type of thing. That was my pen helping you out and all that type of stuff. I was your best writer. You can't find another me. That's why you haven't put no music out. I like to think that that's not general. That sounds very specific and direct. And I'm, I'm, you know, I gotta be a little bit because to me, once you start getting, excuse me, once you start getting into the lane of dissing and stuff like that, now rap, rap fan brain is coming in, and I'm like, who is she talking about, and what is she talking about? And I'm just gonna throw this out there. I don't know if y'all care. I think she's talking about Rihanna, and I think the little mini me that can't help is her. I think that's what what, what that song is. I think that first song on that album, y'all go li- listen to it, and you let me know. I think she's talking about Rihanna. And I think her is the is the person that she's throwing shots at as the little mini me. Now, there's there's been a series of things that happened over the last five years to six years that make five years to make me think that. But I don't have time to get into all of it right now. Y'all go back, do the history, and y'all let me know if I'm making sense or if I'm not making sense. But that's what I think. Scissors album is great. It's a lot of great music on there. Uh, Gone Girl. Fire song, low fire. She she got the Travis Scott ad libs on the song that Travis Scott is not on. It is interesting to me that this is the third TDE project this year, Kendrick, Absol, and and SZA, that does not have any TDE rap features on it. You understand what I'm saying? So Kendrick put his album out. There was no TDE rap features, no J Rock, no none of that. Okay, Sir was on Absol's album. I'm pretty sure, right? Yep. But none of the rappers have been on any other TDE album. That's interesting to me. On SZA's album, there were no other TDE people at all, singer or rapper. Same thing with Kendrick. There were no other TDE artists at all. SZA's album did have um, Don Tolliver and uh, Travis Scott, excuse me. It was some other people, but I'm not familiar with them, Phoebe Bridges or whatever. Um, But... It was interesting to me that Travis Scott, Don Tolliver, who I think Don Tolliver is signed to Travis Scott, they're both on her album, but nobody from TDE is on there. Interesting to me, but either way, it's still a great album, though, regardless of that. My number two project on this list is Her Loss by Drake and 21 Savage. I know some people might be thinking, damn, that's kind of, they, thinking the stuff that I talk about and what I'm into, they probably think like, damn, I wouldn't expected that from you, but... Contrary to popular belief, though, I am a Drake fan. Like, I've been listening to Drake since he first started coming out. Y'all got to remember, if I'm in my low 30s, I'm a couple years younger than Drake. I pretty much, I grew up, kind of, not grew up, but, you know, in my adult life, we've been listening to Drake my entire adult life, right? So, yes, I'm a Drake fan. Like, And um, not to say that I think he makes the best albums ever, but his music is top tier. And Her Loss is, is... Right on par with that. My favorite song on that album is On BS. Now, the reason I love On BS is because, first of all, let's go into another song real quick. Drake has said, he made a he made a comment on his album about somebody lying about shots and, you know, whatever. People said he was talking about Megan Thee Stallion. So a lot of people said, we're going on Twitter like, you let Pusha T diss you, and you let all these people diss you, and you never said anything, and you never... And I'm like, yo, do y'all not realize on the same album that y'all are talking about, on on BS, he was he opens up his verse dissing Pusha T. Pusha T went on Drink Champs, I think, did an interview on Drink Champs and said something like, I tried to go to Canada to do a show, but but Drake had me banned 
they won't let me in Canada. Um, he got me banned, right? Like, and which plays into the narrative that when, when Pusha T dissed Drake, he said that his son was stuck in some other country. He couldn't come. He, he said Drake was playing Border Patrol, pretty much. So it plays into that whole narrative. And Drake goes on this on BSA. He said, time to get exposed. You ain't banned from nothing, nigga. Come get off your shows. And he, and he said, 21 hit it on the nose. You, you, you know, all that. So he pretty much responded to Pusha T saying, like, bro, you're not... Um, banned from Canada, like come up here. Actually, we invite you to come up here. We have a few things that we want to talk to you about. He's, he's, you know, calling Pusha's bluff on his joint. What Pusha also has a song on his um, album called something like "Call My Bluff" or whatever. On this album, Drake is calling his bluff. He's telling you, "Yo, come to Canada, man. We got we got a welcome package for you." So. When, when people get the dissing, and you know, I love, I, I come from battle rap fan world and, and rap and all this type. So I love when people diss each other. First of all, the flow on that song is crazy. 21 Savage also did his thing on there. So it's a lot of good activity happening on their songs. A lot of good songs on this album. I always think that a, an, an album is good if I can listen to it and then not hear it again for another couple months. But when I play it again, I remember all the songs and... I rem I'm rapping words from songs that I only heard one time or two times before, and I haven't heard them in months. And that's what happened with this album right here. Not not I didn't take months off, maybe a month. But when I went back listening to it again, like it's still fresh in my mind. That that album really is good. And then of course, as you can guess, my number one album is Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Okay. Y'all know, uh, some of y'all know I'm a super content heavy. I love concept albums, right? And this is another concept album from Kendrick Lamar. It's like five in a row. Dude is an immaculate album maker. He does not miss when it comes to albums, studio projects that he's putting together. Kendrick Lamar don't miss, all right? Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, of course, the concept is it's half of him, two, two halves of him. The album is 18 songs long, but there's two sides. There's a nine song side, which is the Mr. Morale side. And then there's a nine song, nine song side, which is the Big Stepper side. They actually put the Big Stepper side first. The first nine songs is the Big Steppers part. And that's his dad's, that's the dad half of him. His dad's half of him, you know? And then the Mr. Morale is the second half of the album. And that's the Mr. Morale part, which is his mom's side of him. Right. So him being broken into two parts, part him, part his mom, part of his dad. That's what Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is. OK, if you didn't know that, you know, now you're welcome. OK, my favorite song on here. I got two, two uh, top tier songs that I love on here and one from each side. Silent Hill is the song featuring Kodak Black on his on the album. That's the one. Push these things out me like uh, that's that song. Right. That's on the Mr. Morale side. And. I just think it's a fire song. I think what he did on there, what Kodak did on there, what they did together collectively, just synergy, just poetic motion right there. You know, I think it was great. Kodak definitely might be MVP of this year, though. Man, he he was all over the place. He really was all over the place. And for him to have so such an integral part on this album right here, like he's speaking, he's doing poems, he's doing intros to songs, he got the song feature. Like people would have never expected Kodak to be on and this much on a Kendrick Lamar album and 
if you don't know Kodak and you don't listen to Kodak, Kodak's content in his music, I'm not talking about what y'all see him do on Instagram and whatever like that. His content in his music is not far off of Kendrick Lamar's content. I'm not talking about lyrical ability. I'm not talking about how they deliver what their content is. I'm saying the content itself, how they tell street stories, how they are deeply spiritual, all that type of stuff. Kendrick and Kodak are very similar with that. But if a lot of these old people who hate the, a lot of the young dudes, they'll never know that. So that's why they were so shocked about Kendrick and Kodak being on the, on the album together like this. And um, I think that Kendrick used Kodak flawlessly on this project. I think that, and then my other favorite song on the project is on the Big Stepper side, which is the first nine, and it's called Father Time. I, I just love the message. Of course, as a man, you know, men don't talk. We hear women talk about daddy issues all the time, but you don't really hear men talk about daddy issues all the time. Or you don't even hear, when you hear a man that has emotionally uh, emotional issues, they normally say, there's something up with him and his mom. He got mommy issues. And then with females, they'll say, oh, okay, she's promiscuous. She has daddy issues, right? But you rarely hear people discuss black men and their daddy issues or father issues. And the song is called Father Time. So I think if you haven't heard it, I don't know what, what rock you've been under, but you need to go listen to it. Amazing concept for a song and, and album overall. Father Time it just made me think like, you know, a time, a time that I had back in my back in my young. This is a quick story, and I, I'll get up off here. Like you think about how hardened we used to get back in the day with our dads and with our family. Period. Just being young black boys, I had this. I had well, I was seven, living in North Carolina with my dad. Well, we was there like six, five, six months, right? Not even like four or five months, right? In North Carolina, and um, I was outside sitting in the summertime, sitting on a little AC unit. Y'all know the outdoor AC unit is called a condenser, right? That's the one with the fan blowing. So we used to sit on on those, right? So I'm sitting on it. It's blowing. We talking. I don't remember who I'm talking to, like some of the friends in the neighborhood. We living around Charlotte, Charlotte area, right? And my finger, my thumb right here, slipped down into the fan and got hit by the fan thing, right? And I'm seven, right? Seven, about to be um, eight years old. And this is 98. So uh, my, my finger slipped down in there. Boom, clipped my finger. The, the thing hit my, the fan hit my finger. Fan blades hit my finger. And I'm like, I pulled it out quick. I'm shaking, it's bleeding away. It's not bleeding crazy, but it's bleeding though, right? So I'm shaking, I run in the house, told my dad. And I'm like showing him, he looking at me like, or he pretty much looking at me like, boys, you crazy what you do? And um, then he cleaned it off for me and all that. Then he looked at me like, because I'm just sitting there with a straight face. He was like, you can cry. It's okay to cry. And I just didn't. So the reason I bring that up is because even by then, they had already beat it out of me. The whole like being, uh, feeling like crying was okay. That was, I was seven by the turn eight years old. Now, some people might look at it like you're lying. I'm not lying. I'm telling you. By, by that time, seven, eight years old, I had already felt like crying is not good. So that's a lot of, a, a big portion of what Kendrick is talking about in that song. And I know I just went full circle. Kendrick is talking about in that song is how the how the relationship of when he was younger and what his dad used to say to him. And then even when his mom tried to baby him, what his dad would say to his mom to stop her from babying him. That's a lot of our experience, even if we don't even realize that's what was happening. 
that happened to a lot of us because you know being a, a younger boy like a toddler and stuff like that i would cry easy back early in the early early days toddlers and all that you know what i'm saying you yell at me i start crying back then i guess by the time i was that age about seven eight around then it was over for that even now i haven't cried and now it haven't been no time in this decade like it hasn't been no crying from so it's not like i think i'm too cool to cry i just it's not in me and that comes from that every if you go back and listen to the father time song pretty much all that type of stuff that's in there not to be this ain't like a pity party for me i'm just telling y'all why i connect so much with the father time song and that whole uh mr morale and the big steppers thing the mom and the dad duality to me, it's like it's like a flawless album. I think he need to win all the Grammys. I think he need to win all the awards. I think if they was gonna give him a Pulitzer Prize, it should have been for this one. But I mean, I'm cool when I'm getting it on. Damn, damn, is crazy album too. But that's my list, man. Kendrick Lamar is the number one album. Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers top album for me this year. We 30 minutes in. Let me get. Let me roll right into the top songs of the year. So I don't keep y'all too long, man. Too much longer, I say. Now my top songs. I'm gonna just. Go and go from from. Well, I only have eight of them. Yams by Fetty Wap is my number eight song. Man, I love that song. That was another one that I just put on repeat. Loved it, but I but it's kind of late in the year. Excuse me, it's kind of late in the year, so I'll put it last. But I do love that song a lot. I'm gonna be listening to it every year. Number seven is Everybody Shooters Two, Forty Two Doug Doug and ESTG. I already told you that was my favorite song on that album. I listened to it a lot. I used to play it all the time. Uh, number six is Blood All on It. That's Young Dolph, Gucci Mane, and Key Glock. I really think Key Glock is very underrated. I don't, I don't know why his sound is not catching on with people. His beat selection is amazing. Anyway, but up, Blood All On It came out a couple months after uh, Young Dolph got killed. That's a fire song, though. I love that song. I love what they're talking about in that. I feel like Gucci was sliding. I feel like Key Glock was sliding. Dolph was sliding. Like it was, it was hard. Number five, Silent Hill. That's the Kendrick Lamar Kodak song I was just telling you about. Number four, Wait For You, Future, Drake, and Thames. I just think that's like a, just the production on that one because they took a song that's not even old. It's Tim's song. Tim's song from like this year or whatever album, whatever year Tim's uh, most recent album came out, that song comes from there. They just took it and flipped it and made a new song with it. Uh, I just think that's genius and I, I just love the way the song sounds, right? Number... Number three on my list is Tomorrow 2 by Glorilla and Cardi B. Listen, that song right there. I, first of all, I think Cardi, Cardi B on that Tomorrow 2 might have verse of the year. Honestly, I'm not even joking. She might have verse of the year. I know people was talking about God did whole verse. That's fine. Talk about it all you want. Cardi B on Tomorrow 2 might got verse of the year. I'm t- Listen, man. Glorilla, I think that because I seen DJ Artistic on, on uh, Twitter say what should be the song that they play at midnight, like as the ball is dropping or whatever. And a lot of people chose Cuff It by Beyonce. And I'm like, mm, that don't really sound like, like maybe I don't know the song enough. But to me, when I hear that song, I don't think like New Year's or nothing like that. Tomorrow too is the perfect one. It's talking about tomorrow and New Year's Eve is all about going into the next thing. Tomorrow too is, is, is going to be an anthem for years to come, man. Uh, shout out to Glorilla for the year she has. She has an amazing year. Um, number two, I would say, is Grim, Super Gremlin by Kodak Black. Again, like I said, I think Kodak is probably the MVP this year. Super Gremlin, first of all, it's a diss song at his friend, at, a, at an ex-friend, right? It's a diss song 
there's no feature on it. It's just him. And then the song was at it was in the top five for many weeks this year. So think about this. Kodak is a super, is a super street artist. There's no way around that, right? His content is super street. And if you listen to the song, he, he in the in the song he's talking about. I knew the perk was fake, but I still ate it because I'm a gremlin. Like that song was all over the radio all year this year, right? During we are in an opioid crisis. That man said he, he said he knew the pill was fake, but he still ate it. We in a crisis, and that song was top five for half the year. I don't. Uh, what award show was that? Where some award show where, where Big Lotto won like song of the year, and I'm like. I mean, everything is just crazy right now. Super Gremlin is song of the year, period. I don't care what it's up against. I don't care if you compare it to any genre, any whatever. Super Gremlin is song of the year. It's not my favorite song this year. It's song of the year. It's not my number two song, though. Kodak Kodak is just different. He's in a different bag right now. Okay? 21 Savage, I know you you said you can beat anybody in your class in the verses. You can't beat Kodak Black. Okay? Stop that. My number one favorite song this year is Crazy by Rich Homie Kwan. I already told y'all how much I play that song. I, I love it. On repeat, easy. Easy. Back, let me go back to Kodak Black again real quick. Do y'all know how hard it is to make a diss song a hit? I know think Drake is probably the first one to really do it with the back-to-back thing, but that wasn't actually that good of a song. It was just like so shocking that he, he did that to Meek. It was just so viral that it, it became a hit, right? Super Gremlin. It's such a hit, people don't even know it's a diss song. That's how good of a song it is. People don't realize he's really dissing somebody that was his friend. When he when he's saying all that we could have been superstar, he's talking about his friend. He's saying, yo, why you had to, why did you do this? We was we were supposed to blow up together. Like, well, I already blew up. I was gonna blow you up, Jack Boy. I was gonna blow you up with me. You like why why you do this? We could have been superstar. Remember, we was jacking cars. Now it's not safe for you. You switch like a. He's talk. This is a real situation. He's talking about a diss song being a hit is the new thing, man. If you can make one of them, if you can make one of them songs a hit, he's going to the moon. And Kodak has done it consistently, consistently. But Super Gremlin should should for sure win whatever awards categories it's in. Okay. Nobody topping that. It has the numbers. It, it has the impact. It has the message, the story, like everything, man. That's a wrap on that. Um, I'm not gonna hold y'all. I was gonna, I was gonna give y'all a brief rundown of uh, about something that dealt with manipulation, but I'm not even gonna do that. I'm gonna just get up out of here. It's late for me right now. It's 10:30, and I still gotta edit. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you jump on Instagram. Follow the page at The Regular Network. Make sure you jump on Reddit, The Regular Topics. Make sure you subscribe to this channel here. And I appreciate the love, man. Peace out. Happy New Year.